0: Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source. Uh, Good afternoon, this is Jay Levine, your uh, host of Antitrust Law Source, and I am joined and pleased to tell you I'm joined by uh, Phil Rist, who is the Executive Vice President of Prosper Business Development, um, an insights and analytics company. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing well. So, um, I, most of you remember um, uh, Phil and I did a kind of a three-part podcast series on data analytics and sort of what it means, what it's, how it's used, and some of the scary details of which. And uh, we thought it was time to give kind of a little bit of an update, um, and we have a little bit of a, a treat for you as well. On um, discussing data analytics in our current uh, political climate. But first, let's talk a little bit about sort of where, what are hot, or what's going on in, in the kind of insights and in analytics uh, community and, you know, some of the developments you see and things where they're heading.
1: Sure. Uh, insights and analytics continues to be a growth category in all sectors, uh, in business and healthcare and government. Uh, that's creating some challenges, which is a workforce development. So there's companies looking for more uh, skills in
0: these areas. And um, let me stop you there. What skills? Did, I mean, if somebody wants to go into this, what skills do they need? The it, it's a it's a
1: mixture of skills where you you have to. Uh, uh, be good with numbers. Okay, You don't have to be a mathematician because they have software right. that can help you uh, do it. But you still have to have some numerical skills. But in the, um, the companies that we've talked to, the challenge is they find that the traditional education system is still siloed. And so you get people that... They're very good at numbers, right? But they don't have maybe any interpersonal skills or dealing with people, <laughs> okay? Or they or they go the other way. They go into the arts, uh, and and they don't develop the other side of the equation. Gotcha. And in order for uh, data analytics and predictive analytics to work, especially when you're dealing with consumers, right? You have to have the other side of of the
0: equation. So you need your intelligence quotient and your emotional quotient. Yes, both because, be fairly high.
1: Yes, because humans are not um, ra- rational beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all remember Star Trek and Mister yes. Spock.
0: Yes. You know, that's uh, not your neighbor. It's I mean, not your. Sheldon uncle. from Big Bang Theory is not. <laughs> it's not your typical human, huh? Right. Ah. Uh, okay. And,
1: and humans are very emotional and. Um, And they make illogical choices. Sometimes they make bad choices. And so, for 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 predictive analytics to work, the skill set needs to be of uh, people that are trained in both sides of dealing with people, Mm -hmm. psychology, sociology, marketing, as well as mathematics and numbers and basic understanding how computers work.
0: Right. Right. Interesting.
1: There's not enough of them that are getting that mixed. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's not enough schools offering
0: that mixture of curriculum. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's so that's one of the challenges for the for the analytics and and insights industry, if you will. Right. And um, any any other challenges or well, the reason things?
1: the reason why everybody is moving towards it is because they want to uh, be more efficient. They want to have a more efficient city. Uh, they want. Uh, the doctors to uh, uh, have better information when they're making diagnoses, or they, or it's a, a retailer that wants to deliver better customer service. So they, they're all, they want to use the information in order to improve processes, right? To in order to get better. Do you
0: see any new applications um, Every coming? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe maybe that was an ill ill conceived question. Um, I, Do you see um, new industries that, you know, heretofore have not really taken the plunge and now starting to? Well, we're seeing a convergence
1: or an overlap between industries that were somewhat separate before. Uh, We're seeing um, advances in robotics uh, being connected with uh, artificial intelligence software that's then using data to create a feedback loop to uh, keep the entire uh, process going, okay. I, you know, IBM and had Watson and right. they were on Jeopardy, okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, and now, if you look at the IBM company, and they're not a client of ours or anything like that. Just they're moving. Not to, yet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're moving to help helping that software help analyze right. data and help businesses, you know, provide uh, better service to customers.
0: Right now, what you were describing earlier to me. You know, as we were preparing for this, was um, somewhat. I guess I should have seen it, but I just hadn't really figured it. You talked about chatbots, right? As kind of like, a, I guess, a very, very pedestrian form of this kind of AI and data analytics mixture. You Correct. Want to just kind of tell everybody what what is going on.
1: Sure. I mean, they're taking the uh, ability for um, computers to do text to voice and voice to text and um, developing platforms. Facebook has it. Google's doing one. Amazon uh, is uh, doing one with their Alexa where you could be interacting with a voice or with uh, a text message, and it could create the appearance that you're actually communicating with a human, but you're communicating with a structured script of questions and answers, most commonly asked questions and answers, and it's it's this decade's version of what we went through in the early '90s, late '80s with the one eight hundred numbers and press one for this, press right. two for that. So it's the same these same types of companies that are getting involved with conversational
0: interfaces. Right is another way to say it. And and, and what blows my mind, or you know, just sort of it's incredible to think about, these conversations are themselves qualitative data. Yes. And that then gets to whomever is running these interfaces gets to be put back into their storehouse of data upon which they can produce both better analytics, better insights, and probably better interfaces. Correct. Um, And it's just... I mean, I, I assume that we're just going to see more of that.
1: We're going to see more of it in companies that embrace it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see other companies get disrupted by it. Right. Who, who try to hold on to the way they've always done things. We advise the, our clients all the time. You, you, you've heard this inside of companies where they say, well, we ought to just stick to what we know. Right. Guess what? What you, what you know isn't what you think you know. <laughs> well, there's a whole you know, right? There's a whole other world out there that consumers are interacting with, and, and today's Amazon Prime Day, so it's a, a perfect example.
0: Uh, I've gotten several emails about that. Yeah, um, uh,
1: many of the traditional retailers did not see Amazon coming as their competitor.
0: I, I mean, just from personal experience, I mean, my 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 daughter had our granddaughter, our first grandchild. About a year ago and I guess they offered her free primes for mom right and uh, you know just the ability to get things within two hours of ordering it and she never had to leave her apartment right um, because there's a fulfillment center nearby and and in my you know son's seminary there was somebody you know had left and, and what he does is he actually manages a warehouse that is a supplier to Amazon. Correct. It's not an Amazon warehouse. It's a supplier to Amazon, but all of the orders are through Amazon. Um, and it's just, yeah, you're right. Nobody, nobody saw that coming.
1: And, and yet there were other retailers, traditional retailers, who counted on that diaper trip or the white trip, you know, to to get uh, maybe dad in the store to buy other categories. Right. And now those businesses are, uh, uh, you know, uh, carved away from that traditional retailer.
0: And, and just to, I, I guess, at this point to interject what, uh, from my other hat, my antitrust hat, you know, sort of the FTC challenged the Staples Office Depot merger and one of the, you know, um, arguing that they are the ones who most easily can provide national contracts for office supplies and Correct. stuff like that. And, you know, the parties, you know, put out, you know, and defended well, what about Amazon business and, and the like. And, you know, uh, obviously the judge didn't believe that it was yet uh, a competitive constraint or would be in the in the next year or two, um, which is, you know, sort of just standing back whether you right or wrong, but seeing where Amazon has come from Correct. and what it's doing now, yeah, I mean, it's sort of you, you've got to expect these guys can do almost anything. And and you know,
1: we're sitting here in Columbus, Ohio today. Columbus is is going to be ground zero for the Amazon uh, uh, battle with Kroger. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon has made a. Uh, uh, I think a commitment to invest a billion dollars in this area mm-hmm. uh, Kroger has responded by announcing they're gonna throw four or five hundred million dollars into upping their stores it's their experience, experience and, right and uh, Macy's as well uh, uh, is building a uh, store their store of the future at Easton
0: oh really yeah. So
1: the the Columbus area is going to be a neat little uh, test market where everybody else is going to be watching how the battle,
0: huh, happens. Who knew this podcast was going to turn into pro Columbus, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, well, but that I mean that that's that is you know fairly fascinating. I mean, I know my wife, uh, I, the idea of her ordering fruit or any produce or, or things from Amazon is just totally, you know. I mean, she, she wouldn't do it. I mean, she wants to see it. She wants to feel it. She mm-hmm. wants to sort of compare it. Um, what whereas, about laundry
1: detergent or
0: shampoo? Or, you know, I just think the idea of just sort of the, 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 the tactile feel and the experience. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, right. I, I'm of the age. I can't read documents on the screen. Right. I, I need a piece of paper. I don't want to read a book on a Kindle or on my tablet or whatever. It's just... You know, if I'm on the elliptical, yeah, that's fine. It's nice. But right. I want the experience of holding something. But I also realize that, you know, uh, people younger than me may not be as wedded to their to their tactile senses. And, you know, uh, it's going to be an, an interesting battle. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. Because, you know, the Discover card, right? The, part of their big commercial is you get a person. Right, right you know are they are they going to be the stalwart are they going to be the holdout well this is going to be a, one of the ways that
1: companies will differentiate themselves yeah. is as as more and more technology enters your life john nesbitt wrote the book megatrends mm-hmm. years ago and he was the one who identified what he called high tech high touch which is the more technology you push on someone the human reaction is to find things that are not of a technical nature, which is why we saw the recent craft beer movement and interest in authentic instruments like banjos and and bluegrass-type music is is a, a human desire to do things that remind them that they're different from the machines. Well, and that may be
0: part of the, you know, it's getting way off topic, but part of the rise in popularity of country music. Um, part of it is because it ain't techo, techno, right. Correct. Um, although there is some in it, but you know, but it's interesting. This dynamic is, you know, is really old. I mean, that's what happened when you remember, uh, you know, by the turn of the Industrial Revolution, right? So everything was made by hand. There wasn't anything special about made by hand, right? Then all of a sudden, there's this Industrial Revolution. And what did what do companies tout? Made by machine, because that was what was special. Correct. Well, then, as everything became made by machine, what now is touted? Made by hand, handcrafted. Right. Um, and that's because it's what's special. Is it necessarily better? I don't know. I mean, that's that's an advertising, you know, and marketing um, issue, but so the same kind of thing do you want to talk to a person or do you not care as long as the bot is getting you the service you need correct but uh, interesting now what happens with all this data okay fine I have this chat with this bot very lovely she wished me a nice day and I you know I said good luck on your anniversary Um, or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and and, um, they now know Jay Levine prefers you know let's say I, I was buying something at I don't know Joseph A. Banks, whatever. Right. So they now, you know, have, uh, you know, not just what I bought, but what I was perhaps even more than what I just viewed but what I was thinking about or the questions I asked Correct. And, and stuff like that. And they have this kind of profile on me. What do they do with this data other than enhance? I mean, what can they do with it other than enhancing their own services and experience? Well,
1: what a lot of companies are doing is they're they're then giving you email offers or mm-hmm. digital offers on the things that they know are of interest to you. Um, but what we find uh, where a lot of the uh, companies, uh, they get a false sense of security that they know everything about their customer, but yet they only are dealing with the information you gave them. Right. And they don't know what you're doing with everybody else. So... Um, uh, there's a lot of companies that have uh, profiles on Jay Levine, and there, let's say there's five companies. There's five of them that have incorrect, you know, uh, views of you. So there's gonna be data pooling. Well, Sears. You know, for instance, I don't shop at Sears that much, but the last time I went there, I uh, I brought because uh, I know they have the good craftsman yep. tools that my brother needed a vice grip. Mm-hmm. Got him a vice grip for his birthday. While I was there, I got some socks. Okay, in in their database, I'm a naked man wearing yeah. socks, holding a pair of vice grips. Okay, okay, and interesting. But, but so, but now you've got this collection. Where right. They think they know everything about their customer base. Right. But they have a, a, they have compiled misinformation. Right. What they have on me is correct. They don't have the rest of my story. Right. It's an incomplete profile. It's an incomplete profile. So are are companies going to data pool to get a more complete... That's what people are trying to do. And this is where you have the issues of privacy. And while I gave that information to this company, you know, uh, some credit card companies are trying to get into it. Uh, um, Membership clubs like Prime Members where they say it's a club and we're going to... Or it's a, you're gonna join the club. You get these savings, and in, in, in exchange, we're gonna to try to get more information about you.
0: Now, you do a lot of consumer surveys. How do you think? Do you have an idea of how consumers are gonna to respond to that kind of? Yeah, we.
1: There's some that don't care. In order to get the offer, they'll they'll provide the information. There's others that are trying to do more to protect their privacy and not you know turnover information. When we do our surveys, we we do our surveys anonymously. So we let them know right. we we want we want your answers as a collective group, not as you as an individual. So we get some pretty, pretty good information because right. we we promise their anonymity as part of the process. Uh-huh. But people are concerned about what happens to their information. And it may be the 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 bank that they're dealing with or the retailer that they trust, but you don't know in the chain of of vendors and contractors where that information is passing through, right? That you know it's the old. Uh, it's only
0: as strong as its weakest link, right? And who owns it? And if you know the consumer doesn't own it, then it's free game, right? You know, um, I, I mean, there, there there clearly seems you know in every in every. Um, sort of news story on these issues we always see that there's people are worried or you know but i always question my mind are they really worried or are they you know are they being told to be worried about it and so therefore they express worry because they think they need to but it's not really keeping them up at night the the general population is not keeping them up at night you know the the
1: uh, where it gets worrisome is I'm not going to mention the the grocery store but uh, I went to to the pharmacy counter Mm -hmm. and to pick up some prescription drugs and they asked me if if I wanted to scan my loyalty card even though the prescription was zero right and I said I said no and, I, and my wife says, well, why would you say no? We get the gas points. And I said, if I give them permission, I'm giving them permission to take my health care information and put it into their marketing database. Right. Which
0: they don't currently have the right to do. Mm. Our health care information is... And if it costs you 15 bucks, So then the only question is whether you want that added to your, your total... Points, but they,
1: but but companies are trying to, you know, there's the HIPAA laws are in place to protect healthcare information. There's companies that are trying to get around it to move things where you you're given your express permission to put the information somewhere else. Right,
0: right. Now, I mean, is your identity following? Yes. Okay.
1: And that loyalty card, any any retailer who has a loyalty card right. database, is using that to share that information with the manufacturers of the products and services that they sell.
0: Uh huh. And, and not do, on an anonymized basis. That's correct. Interesting.
1: A target off because you normally it goes uh, with it. You agree to accept offers from uh-huh. our suppliers and those things like that.
0: Gotcha. So. Gotcha uh-huh okay you don't necessarily want all that floating around um by and who they could
1: sell it to you say right. well could they sell it to my life insurance company
0: who might want to know from eating healthy or right you know so if you're getting a bag of doritos every day they might you know have some issues if you want to up your coverage right <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> um which is scary enough thought um um, which is obviously another, I guess, another issue of like, the Internet of Things. where Because it's consumption of other when things. When you go to try that. to
1: open the refrigerator at 2 in the morning
0: and the refrigerator tells you you shouldn't be eating at this right. time. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> well, you know, but, I mean, that's not, exactly, I mean, that's not either far-fetched or unrealistic because, I mean, I know our, our health plan had a... Um, had a had a thing for you know preventative care. You weighed yourself and you put your blood pressure cuff right. on every day. I mean, I was sending them that information daily right. um, until they basically said you're fine, kicked me off, which is interesting. But um, you know, it, it's 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 information that they get. I, what do they do with it? I mean, you know, supposedly it's gonna it's gonna it it'll help it'll help the health providers. You know, have a better profile of me and to keep me healthy and blah 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 and keep healthcare costs down, but you're right. How's Providing that? their
1: act, they're always or they've agreed to always act in your best interest, right?
0: Well, and and as we all know, m- most companies need to act in their shareholders' best interest, correct? Um, so interesting, okay. Um, well, that's pretty much a scary thought, um, but that I mean, it's it's the wave of the future, so I mean, we're gonna. Unless we see a revolution of people just not wanting to deal with, uh, how do I put it, data data consuming, data aggregating, Mm -hmm. data keeping companies, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. It's out of
1: the bag. Your electric company is now telling you whether you're being a good consumer by how many kilowatts you're using. Everybody is gathering information on you and sharing it back to hopefully... Push you in a direction of uh, being a better citizen. Yeah. Okay, but at the same time, all that data is being amassed somewhere.
0: Right. Right. And I guess the the question always, and the FTC deals with this all the time, is you know, forgetting privacy and identity theft and all that. That's those are sort of obvious. But how is that information being used and how can it be used in obviously a discriminatory manner, right. which is a huge issue in labor and HR and all that, yes. in hiring and in discriminatory loan practices, discriminatory, I mean, all sorts That's of correct. things. You know, and of course, if I'm not going to, somebody's not going to give me a life insurance or a health insurance policy because they don't. Or your premiums differ. Or my premiums differ because they don't like my lifestyle, notwithstanding the fact that. That you know, all of my progenitors, you know, lived till they were 120 and ate Doritos every day of their life. Right. So what? So interesting. Um, okay. Um, People need to be just more aware of
1: how their information is used.
0: Right. And, and uh, you know, the natural inclination is okay if if. We don't want it. There has to be a groundswell. Convince Congress to pass a law. But but I'm not exactly sure that that's— They're not going to pass a law because they want
1: the information. Well,
0: not only do they want the information. What exactly and how exactly are you going to, to structure a law that, you know, it basically says, well, you can't use this stuff? Well, I mean, this stuff has to be used at some level. Correct. Um, and it, 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 it's way too murky. Now, you know, may, maybe there will be certain statutes that say, you know, some of the extreme uses and extreme sales. and You have to go back to the consumer, even though that's extremely time-consuming and unwieldy to get information if you want to repass it on, you know, stuff like that. But we haven't seen it really yet. But I suspect that as as people start to use data analytics more, and use it in ways that anger people more. Well, you know, with any
1: innovation, there's always a chance for people to use it for evil. Right. right. So if you just say what if they if they say we're going to use it for good, okay, then they could use it to serve you better. That right. The, the, the retailers that you like are going to carry the products that you care about at price points that you like because. They're not buying the wrong things. Right. Okay. They're not guessing. They're using the predictive analytics to buy smarter, you know, locate smarter, mm-hmm. do everything smarter based on what the information
0: is telling them. And so if everybody behaves. Right. Well, and behaves doesn't even mean that nefarious. I right. Mean, right. You know, an insurance company that discriminates based on your profile, I mean, frankly, they already discriminate based on, once they get your medical records, if somebody's in perfect health, can right. have lower premiums than somebody who has high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and is obese. Right. So, I mean, that's already there. It's just...
1: If, if that's fine, if you gave them the permission right. to look at your medical records if instead they're going to a drugs a combination of a drugstore and a grocery store right and and trying to buy your food consumption profile to make assumptions on Well, that's the
0: key you know where you're not giving the permission right. for that and and frankly I, i'm not sure there would be such a backlash or an appetite for the backlash if their guessing was correct but the problem is too often it's in a, it, these are predictive analytics, but the prediction is only going to be right so much of the time. Correct. And that's what we really are afraid of. So, interesting. Well, this has been fascinating as always. Um, Phil, you want to give your contact information? Uh, yeah. Uh, the company is
1: uh, Prosper Business Development. We have uh, several websites, but one of them, prosperdiscovery.com is a place where we give away a lot of complimentary information on consumer trends and a lot of free content. So that's where we like the people to go to first because it won't cost you any money. I got you.
0: <laughs> And can they get to you through that as well? Yes, yes, it'll okay. link
1: to uh, the rest of the uh,
0: the rest of the enterprise. prosperdiscovery.com. Okay, and um, as always I'm uh, on Twitter at, at J A Y L L E V um, I N E. I'm on LinkedIn. Email is the letter J L E V I N E at Porterite.com. You can also visit our uh, blog page, antitrustlawsource.com um, or porterite.com, and you can click on the um, uh, the antitrust and consumer protection page. And uh, we thank you for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.